Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I see some faces that I have not seen in a while. Uh, If this is your first time to come back in in a while, in a long time, welcome back to church. Come on, give it up for those who've come back, that you've been out for a season. How many of y'all know today's a great day to come back to church because today is a day we're celebrating Jesus coming back from death. Come on, y'all talk to me a little bit. How many of y'all know Jesus rose from death? And if he rose from death, there's nothing in this world that you cannot come back from. Are y'all with me today? Come on, how many of y'all know with, with Jesus, failure is never final. And so today, we're going to celebrate Jesus and what he did for us. And uh, in order to do that, we, we got to go back just a little bit uh, to, well, to some of the events of what we call Good Friday. Everybody say Good Friday. Come on, say it one more time. Good Friday. How many of y'all know it wasn't a good, good Friday for Jesus? How many of y'all know it was a very, very bad day for, for Jesus? How many of y'all know why that's the case? Jesus, he suffered, he was crucified, and thank God he did it for our sins. How many of y'all know because Jesus died, because he bled, because he went through that suffering, we are free, and not just free, but free indeed. Come on, y'all, you better get excited because you are free today, forgiven, brand new start because of what happened on that, that bad Friday. But typically when we think about Good Friday. Well, we think about the bad day Jesus had, but somebody else had a really, really bad Friday. You know who that was? The Apostle Peter. How many of y'all know his story? The Apostle Peter had an awful Friday alongside Jesus. If you say the life of Peter, Peter, of course, he followed Jesus. He was in, in close proximity for several years with Jesus. But on that Thursday of the last week of Jesus' life, Peter received some of the worst news, if not the worst news he would ever receive in his life. On that Thursday, leading up to what we call Good Friday, Jesus leans in and says this, to Peter. We're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Here is what Jesus says on this awful Thursday. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But Jesus says, but I have prayed for you. Say it with me that your faith may not. Come on, y'all say it with me that your faith may not. And when you have turned again, say it with me. Strengthen your, verse 33, Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, oh, really? He didn't say that. But he said this, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me. How many times? Three times that you know me. Now, this was the prediction from Thursday. And as Peter hears this prediction, listen to how it begins. Simon, Simon. Do you see the repetition there? Not just Simon, but Simon, say it with me. Simon, Simon. This is Jesus' way of showing affection to Peter. 
This is a, a, a way of addressing him in a way that would show that Jesus had deep love for Peter. And as I'm sure Peter heard this over and over, Simon, Simon, that he thought that Jesus was about to say something very, very positive, like, Simon, Simon, I love you. Simon, Simon, you're awesome. How many of you guys know Jesus did love Peter deeply? Simon, Simon, not I love you, but Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Now, if I were Peter, I'd be like, come on, Jesus. I mean, don't you have anything better to say than that? Uh, Satan is going to sift me? I mean, don't you have something a little bit more positive? Well, he says here, Jesus says, but, but I prayed for you, Peter. I want you to know I prayed for you that your faith will not, that your faith will not fail. And then he goes on to say, hey, by the way, Peter, you're going to deny me not once, not twice, but how many times? Three times you're going to deny me. Now, I, I love, I love Peter's response here because I think this is something that I would do. I think this is something that I would say. Peter responds by, by saying, uh, listen, Jesus, I am ready to go to prison for you. I am ready to die for you. It's almost like Peter is saying, God, bless your heart. Jesus, I think you know, I think you, you think you know what I'm going to do. But listen, listen, bless your heart. Listen, Jesus, I am committed. I am all in. I'm ready. Whatever it means to follow you, I'm in. If it means going to prison, even to the grave itself, I'm in. Now, this is a bold, bold proclamation, isn't it? How many of you guys have ever promised Jesus that you were going to follow him? Maybe you raised your hand on a Sunday morning or in some church context and you made the commitment, but you failed to follow through. I think we can all connect with Peter at some level here. But here Peter, he makes this bold claim that was on Thursday. Well, let's see how he does on Friday. Let's go forward to Luke 22, beginning in verse 54. Then they seized him, that is Jesus, and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And it says this, notice this. And Peter was falling at a, come on, y'all say it with me. He was falling at a, at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Verse 56. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, this man also was with him. Verse 57, but Peter denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. Verse 58, and a little later, someone else saw Peter and said, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am, I'm not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. Verse 60, but Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, verse 61, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. 
And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he, that is Peter, went out and what did he do? He wept, how? Bitterly. Now what I want you to see here is that once again, Jesus just told Peter that he was going to deny him. And Peter responds by saying, no, 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 no. Jesus, you got it all wrong. I'm ready. I'm ready to go the distance. But, but notice here, notice here how quickly this got set into motion. Peter makes this big proclamation, but then they come and arrest Jesus. They begin to lead Jesus away. And it's almost like Peter's thinking, oh, no, I didn't realize that I was going to have to keep my commitment so quickly. I didn't realize that my faith was going to be put to the test so quickly. And I think that Peter was thinking in his mind, my God, if they arrested Jesus and if I'm with him, they're going to do the same thing too? To me. And it says here, look at this, that he followed at a, at a, at a distance. Peter had walked closely with Jesus, but now, now he's following, not closely, but at a distance. And it says here that they kindled a fire and they sat down. Peter was there. And then suddenly a servant girl noticed Peter from the light of the fire and said, this man was with Jesus. Now think about this. This isn't a big crowd. Yes, there was some pressure, but we're talking about a servant girl. I mean, this is like God saying, okay, here, Peter, let me just put this on the tee for you, and you can just, just knock this thing out of the park. Come on. He's making it, I think, pretty simple here. But the servant curl says, you're with him. What was Peter's response? Back in Matthew's gospel, Peter declared, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living Come on, y'all got to help me. You're the Christ. You're him. But now, and on this occasion, Peter says, I don't even know who he is. Now it gets worse. Peter denies him once, twice, a third time comes around. And then Matthew's uh, version tells us, check this out, that Peter began to call down curses on himself. Peter, the one who walked with Jesus, started started calling down curses. Now, that's, that's, not, that's not, you know, Peter, you know, saying blankety, blank you, blankety, blank. Your mama is so big she can iron her pants in the driveway. You know, it's not him going off. This isn't that type of cursing. This isn't Cajun cursing, okay? This is Peter calling curses down on himself, saying this, basically saying this. If I have been with Jesus, if I know him, may God strike me dead. How many of y'all know that's another level? It's the one thing to say, I, you know, no, I don't know. But to say, may curses fall upon me. May God's curse come upon me if I have been with his son. Whoa. Talking about driving that dagger in and twisting it. Taking it deeper. Here we're told that Peter, he, he called down curses, denying that he was with him, that he knew him on himself, calling these curses down. Thank God, by the way, thank God that he didn't listen to Peter. <laughs> but it gets worse. Finally, the rooster, the rooster crowed. And we're told in this account that Jesus, Jesus looked at Peter. 
and he didn't say a word. Why? He didn't have to. Jesus looked at Peter and Peter remembered what the Lord had said about what he would do. And right there on the spot, the rock Peter broke into a million pieces. And the Bible says that Peter wept. And I'm not talking about some sniffles. This was weeping how? Weeping bitterly. And I don't know what was in Peter's mind, but it had to be something like this. I cannot believe that I just did that. How many of y'all have ever had, I can't believe I just did that moment? Five of you, okay. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever had the, I can't believe I just did that or said that moment? All right, now, now come on, the resurrection just took place. There you go. Y'all are helping me now. Raise your hand if you've ever said, I'll, I'll never do that again, God. And you were serious. Now the hands are kind of, you're like this, I don't know. I'll never do that again. Raise your hand if you've said, God, I'll never do that again. All right, put your hand down. Raise your hand back up if you did it again like the next day. Yeah, okay, that, I'm in the right place now. All right. Yeah, I'll never do that again. And you are sincere about it. But then the next day or the next week or the next month or whenever you, you did it again. It says here that Peter, realizing what he had done, he wept. How? Bitterly. Bitterly. I believe Peter was undone because of what he had done to Jesus. And as we read this account, I don't know about y'all, but I can connect with Peter at that level because that is a picture of me in my sin and in my brokenness. That's a picture of me, probably a picture of all of us in our unfaithfulness to Jesus. But all this took place on Bad Friday. But how many of y'all know Jesus turned Bad Friday into Good Friday because Jesus died on the cross for Peter's sin. And then he rose from death on the third day so that Peter could come back to God. And how many of y'all know he did the same thing for you that on Friday, on that dark Friday of your life, he knew, Jesus knew what you would do. And he went up on the cross, not while you were good, but while we were still sinners. Come on, y'all. Christ died for us. He was nailed to the tree and he knew what you would do in advance. And it didn't stop him from being nailed to that tree willingly for your sin to set you free from the law of sin and death. Come on, y'all, we celebrate. We celebrate Good Friday, but we also come today to celebrate Jesus' victory over death, hell, and the grave. And as we read the story, if we were to stop on Friday, we do have good news because of Jesus' death, but the story continues. Let's pick it up in John 20. Uh, as John gives this account of the resurrection, check this out. This is so good. In John 20, verses 1 through 4, it says this. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Verse 2. So she, look at this, look at this, ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the beloved disciple. Let's call him the BD, all right? that she went to Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Verse 3, 
So check this out. This is so good. So Peter went out with the BD and they were, look at this, going to the, what, toward the what? Are y'all with me? Y'all picturing this? Peter and the BD running. Look at verse four. Both of them were running together. You picturing it? But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now, listen to me. I have thought about this passage for over a decade, okay? Uh, over the course of time, it's come into my mind. I've thought about it at various points for about a decade or maybe longer, okay? I have reached out to some of the top New Testament scholars in the world, and I've asked them, hey, what, what do you think about this? Why is it that the BD outran Peter to the tomb? And everybody says the same thing, the same conclusion that I arrived at. Well, we don't know because the Bible doesn't. It doesn't say. It could have been because, you know, the BD was younger. It could be because, you know, uh, the BD had been going to Reg, running stadiums. He was, you know, he had a, a quick 40. I don't know. Maybe he was genetically gifted. Maybe that's why the BD beat Peter. Are y'all with me? We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But John, in his memory, as he produces this gospel, he, he, he includes this detail that I do think it's important for us to consider. I don't know for sure because the Bible doesn't say, but let me just throw this out to you here on this Resurrection Sunday. Maybe Peter was slower running to the tomb because although Peter was concerned about what they had done with Jesus, Peter was more concerned about what he had just done to Jesus. In other words, I think that Peter got beat because that rock was still crushed from what he had done on Friday. I think, I think, I can't prove it, but I think Peter was running slower to the tomb on Sunday because he was still carrying the guilt of Friday. Now, if that wasn't true for Peter, I know it is true for many of us here. How many of y'all know condemnation cripples? How many of you guys know that shame stifles? That your failure makes you fragile? How many of y'all know that guilt and shame weigh you down and slow you down? And maybe some of you, maybe years ago, maybe you, start out, you started out serving Jesus and you were fired up for Jesus and you, you attended church and small groups on a regular basis. You were in the community. You were in the Word. You were fast to run to prayer. You were fast running to meet with God and His people. But maybe over the course of time, you started to distance yourself. Maybe for you, it started in the pandemic for maybe some good reasons why you couldn't come here. But maybe that translated into not just you coming to church, but you, you were slow to meet with God at all through that season. Maybe it's because at some point in your life, maybe you've had those moments of failure where you've said, Jesus, I'm going to serve you. I'm going I'm to go all in. And over the course of time, you've failed so many times. You've reached this conclusion that if there is a God, he would never want to be close with someone like you. So you've distanced yourself over the course of time. Although you're here today on Easter Sunday morning, you were a little bit slower getting here because you're still carrying the weight of the dark Friday of your life to this place on Sunday. Maybe you're here and you just, you just barely got, I mean, if you're here, you're here, right? But you got up this morning. How many of y'all know if you have kids, one missing sock can hinder the kingdom of God on a Sunday morning? How many of y'all know the devil use anything he can to, to keep you from coming here? He'll use a sock, a missing sock from one of your kids. Or he'll use the guilt and the shame of what happened in your past to keep you from serving God in your present. Am I talking to anybody here today? 
Maybe over the course of time, you've distanced yourself because you don't think Jesus wants to be close to you, so you've made the move. And today, you're slow to go to the Word. You're slow to pray. You're slow to come here. And other things have come in and taken over that relationship. If that's you, I understand because I've been there myself. But I want you to know this Resurrection Sunday morning, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how many times you've blown it. It doesn't matter how long you've been out of church. Listen to me. We serve the good shepherd, and the good shepherd is good for many reasons. But how many of y'all know the good shepherd always goes after his lost sheep? Listen to me. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me. Here in, in this, this prediction of Peter's denial was also the promise of Peter's restoration. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as. And by the way, you're going to deny me three times. You know what's right in the middle of this prediction of, of denial, of Satan's attack? Jesus says, but Peter, listen, listen, Midtown, but I have prayed for you. Before Peter blew it, knowing that he would blow it, Jesus prayed for Peter. Man, that's grace, isn't it? Man, that's reflective of the heart of God, the loving, tender heart of God. I have prayed for you. And here's the way we say it. Although Peter's faith, like a flame, flickered, that flame, his faith did not fail, not because Peter and himself was strong, but because he had an intercessor named Jesus Christ who prayed for him that his faith would not fail. Oh, you say, Pastor Scott, pray for me. Okay, sure, I will. But listen, that's one thing. But when the Son of God prays for you, come on, we're going to an entirely new level. He lives to make intercession for you. <laughs> he said, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Listen to me. If you're here today, you're here right now. You're here right now. It might be just out of religious duty. It's Easter. It's time you know, to go to church. It's Resurrection Sunday. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're here out of ritual or just religious duty. But I, I bet, I bet, I bet that, that many of you came today not out of ritual, but you came back to church because you want to come back to God for a relationship with him. And if you're here for that reason, the answer is yes, in Jesus name, that you can begin again because with Christ, failure is never final. And really your failure is really not a failure. It's a momentary, I was stupid, but I'm getting back up. Come on, failure is just when you quit altogether. It's when you just give up. And that's exactly what the devil wants, is for you to give up and go home. But Jesus is saying, no, I died so you can come back. You can come back. Listen to me, Midtown. Come on, give him some praise because you know it's true. You can come back. You can come back. Close the gap. And you, you, you don't have to walk back. Come on, y'all. The Father's arms are wide open. You can run back because Jesus died in your place. But what we see in this account is he said, listen, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to kick your tail, but I've prayed for you. His faith flickered, but did not ultimately fail. Jesus, check it out, not only prayed 
for Peter's faith, but Jesus paid for Peter's sins. <laughs> not, not, just, not just the small ones, but come on, y'all, the big ones. That's how we categorize them. So that's a kind of a small one, but this is all your sin. Back when my, I won't say which one of my sons, I don't want to embarrass him, but one of my sons, listen, used to have an eraser fetish. So we go to the store. We go to the eraser aisle. Y'all know there's an eraser aisle? Yeah. And we'd go down the eraser aisle, and I'd be, I'd be like, hey, baby, why don't you get that six-pack of, of erasers? Pointed out none of the colorful ones, and, and he looked over. And he said, I said, what? You want an eraser? There are your erasers. Get your erasers. He pointed at another one, and it was like this big. And it said, for really big mistakes. How many of y'all know you serve a God who has an eraser for your really big mistakes? And his name is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus died on Good Friday. He rose again on Sunday. And the Bible says if you believe in Christ, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And I would bet that's why you got up today, because there's still a glimmer of hope in you that if you could come back, not to a building, but come back to the Father, Jesus Christ and his sacrifice qualifies you to throw your arms around the Father, and then the Father throws his arms around you, and you can party like it's 1999, like it never happened. Come on, you can begin again today. It's the best news in the world, because Jesus came back from death. You can come back from that dark season. You say, Pastor Scott, say it another way. Okay, don't let what happened on that dark Friday of your life keep you from God any longer. Come on, y'all, the light is shining today. It's Easter resurrection morning. You can come back today. You can come home today. No matter how long you've been out, no matter how far away you've been. Pastor Scott, are you sure? I'm positive. If you don't believe me, just ask Peter. Because as you fast forward into the Gospel of John, the very last chapter, tells us that the disciples, they went fishing. And finally, Jesus said, throw on the other side. They, they brought in this big catch. <laughs> How many of y'all know when Jesus goes fishing with you, you're going to catch something? Brought in the big, big catch. And the Bible says that after they were done on the shore, there was a charcoal fire. Now, if I'm Peter and I had just denied Jesus three times, I don't know what Peter was thinking. But I'll tell you what I would be thinking. He's about to let me have it. We're sitting down at breakfast, eating fish breakfast with Jesus. Uh-oh. He's been pretty, pretty quiet up to this point. This is the moment when Jesus is going to drop the bomb on me. But when you read John 21, that's not what happened. And I like to see it this way, say it this way. Perhaps Peter was expecting Jesus to give him a piece of his mind. But instead, Jesus gave Peter peace of mind. Thereby, 
demonstrating the grace of Almighty God worked through the life of the Word made flesh to the man and for the man who had just denied him three times. How many of y'all know that's grace? Because see, back in Luke 22, we're told that Peter denied Jesus by the fire. But in John 21, we're told that Jesus restored Peter by the fire. You see that? The place of his failure became the place of his restoration. And here's what Jesus says here in John 21. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? More than the other disciples, most likely. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. If I were Jesus, I'd be thinking, think about what you're saying. (laughs) Do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, okay, then feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him, uh, how many times? Second, how many? Second time? Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then tend my sheep. Verse 17, Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. This had to have been the most incredible moment in Peter's entire life. Right here by the fire, Peter realized that Jesus was not going to disown him. He realized that Jesus was not going to hold his sin against him. And here we see the grace of God in action as Jesus, watch this, with these this threefold, this threefold act of restoration. Do you love me? Do you love me? Gave Peter the chance to pull the daggers out of his back. Peter denied him three times. But now he's saying three times, I love you. How many of y'all know Jesus is going to give you the opportunity to make it right no matter how wrong you've been? You know I love you. You know I I love you. And this happened here by, by, by breakfast, by the fire. How many of y'all know this was one meal that I'm sure Peter gave thanks for for the rest of his life. That day when Jesus restored him. And not only restored him, but gave him a purpose and a mission for the people of God. Feed my sheep. What an incredible story. And what I love about this is that from this point forward, of course, Peter wasn't perfect. But there was a fire of passion that began to burn. That flickering flame began to grow. And if you study the life of Peter, it was on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out and Peter, full of the fire of God, got up and he proclaimed Jesus. He had denied 
Peter denied Jesus to the servant girl. But in Acts, he's proclaiming Jesus to thousands of people. How many of y'all know God is a God of restoration? How many of y'all know if God can do that for Peter, he can do the same thing for you and for me, no matter who we are, no matter where we have been. You say, Pastor Scott, how? How is it even possible? How is that even possible? It's possible because listen, yes, on Good Friday, Jesus, he bled, he suffered, but he did so to free you. But then on Sunday morning, come on, he rose from death. Death had no hold on him. He came back from death so that you can come back to God. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter how dark it was on that dark Friday of your life, you can today, as you repent, you can begin again with God. And wouldn't it be awesome to do that, to begin that on Resurrection Sunday? And by the way, Jesus goes on to say, when you were younger, Peter, you... You dressed yourself and you, you went where you wanted to go. But when you're older, somebody's going to dress you and you're going to stretch out your hands. In other words, you're going to stretch out your hands one day and they're going to nail you to a cross just like they nailed me to the cross. He's saying to Peter, you blew it in the past, but I'm going to strengthen you and I'm gonna give you another chance, and then I'm gonna give you another chance, and you're gonna get this right, you're gonna serve me, you, you, you're gonna go from denying me to serving me for the rest of your life. And then came that moment at the end of Peter's life when he had the chance to die for Jesus or deny him. Come on, y'all, in that moment, he chose to die for Jesus, to be crucified upside down, church tradition says, because he was all in to Jesus, because he knew Jesus was all in to him. He was restored, forgiven, redeemed, full of the power of God, did not shrink back, but stands as a testimony for us today that no matter how far down you've fallen, you can rise and stand for God and serve of God with the resurrection power of God. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, you can come back today. Not just back to church. Not just back to a building. But back to the Father. And not just No, 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 no. no. Today because the grace of God, come on y'all, you can run to the Father. You can run knowing that he loves you. He sent his son for you. Come on y'all, this isn't about a big, a big ritual today. This is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ coming back from the dead to come after you. You say, how's he coming after me? By the preaching of the truth of the word of God, by helping you understand who he is in light of who you are, you can run back to God today and begin again. You say, how, Pastor Scott? Well, Peter had this real fancy message. It was real deep in the book of Acts. You know what it was? Repent. <laughs> Repent. What does that mean? It means a change of mind and it means a change of? For those of you who've been around for a long time, bear with me. Let me tell this story one more time. Back when I pastored in Dallas, there was a, a gal who'd call me pretty regularly. 
and she'd give me little updates about her life. And she called me on one occasion. She said, Pastor Scott, I just need to testify. I said, get after it, girl. And she goes, yeah, I was doing so, she said, I was doing so poorly, so badly. And, 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 and I, I just I stuck with it. And God, God did a miracle in my life. And I'm thinking, well, praise God. And she said, I just want you to know, Pastor Scott, I was doing so bad. But because of Jesus, I have done a complete 360. Now, listen, even if you fail geometry, you understand that if you're doing bad and you do a 360, you're back to doing. Yeah, yeah. How many of y'all know when you repent, you don't want to do a 360. You want to, if I'm going the wrong direction, what do you want to do? You want to change your mind, close the gap. Come on. You don't want to distance yourself. You run from sin to Jesus, knowing that he is your only hope. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all been doing 360s for too long. Today, you do a 180. You turn around and you say, Jesus, here I am with all the junk in my trunk, with all the mess that I am. Here I am. And when you show up, Jesus shows off his amazing grace.